Hey everybody, welcome to season two of Reels and Redeems, presented by Carry On Friends in partnership with The Style and the Vibes and but, Breadfruit Media. But, 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 more for you, more for you. Yes, yes. And we are excited to kick off season two with the new Netflix series, Straight Out of London City. Um, champions, and what we said, champions to the world, winners only. I am not going to try to rap like Bosco or Via. So, Via. Uh, Via. Um, and we're not going to be mucking around. Is it just me or every time I watch something that is British, you start to think like, yeah, chatting that British. Like, in it, in it, in, in it. it. Yeah, and pond. yeah, in it and yeah. 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 <laughs> and we should also make a calm, list. Calm, 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 Brev. Like Come dust, on, you know, like dust, like, uh, like, I love it. I love the slang that they use in there. And yeah, it like, just bun them. So, yes. Bun them. Bun that. Bun all y'all. Just like, and like you said, you, we're going to call her VR. We can't call her Vita. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No Vita. Um, so, all right, let's back up. I'm Carrie Ann and this is Michaela and we are excited. If this is your first time listening, we are excited to have you joining us to talk about the things that we love on TV. So that's the reels and rhythms, the concerts that we go occasionally. And so the whole point of this is just talking about the shows that we are enjoying, a lot of them with a Caribbean focus and some without. And Champions is fitting because everything about Champion is Champion, right? So um, Champion is based out of the UK, um, and it just reinforces my theory that the UK, um, Britain specifically, has just the best output of Caribbean-focused content. Um, We covered Small Acts. Um, There are so many other shows that I've talked about in our respective podcasts that came out of the UK um, big up to the Windrush generation and the legacy that we're now seeing in that creative output in um, series like Champion on Netflix. So what you have for some, Michaela? No, I, I'm excited. Um, I enjoyed the series, so I'm excited to kind of really talk um, about it and, you know, see what I go on. Share the people, them, the champion things, what Yes. So the series is out. It's an eight-part series. At the time of this recorded, we've watched all the episodes. We probably go over like three episodes in um, of the series in this episode, and then we'll continue. But the series is written by... Um, Candace Carty-Williams. Yes. Candace Carty-Williams of Queenie fame. That's a novel. That was her debut novel. Which I'm and, reading now. I, I, I started reading Queenie before I discovered Champion. Um, so I hadn't seen any press or anything like that for Champion. So I I started reading it a couple years ago, but put pause on it, to be honest, because it was a it, it the it was hard for me to get into in the, the first couple chapters. But um this is a series that she's written. Um, as we we're talking about Queenie, that's supposed to be adapted soon. So more reels and rhythms content, but we're focusing on champion. And champion is focused around the champion family. Yes, champion is really their last name. And so it opens with Bosco rapping as a little kid. 
and Vita in the background. <laughs> you know, Vita in the background trying to sing and Bosco push our dog. And you could hear the parents in the background, come talk to your kids. And the father said, I she provoke him. <laughs> that felt that. And that was a sign of things to come throughout the series. And so um, cut away from that flashback to present day, Bosco is the son and a rapper. And um, he is clearly going through some kind of anxiety before he hits the stage, everyone's asking about him. And I'm like, all right, out the gate. We're having mental health issues that we're going to be addressing in the series. Um, I have my note because there were some things in there. I think the series generally had me on an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think out the gate, Bula just get my nerves. Like mm. out the gate. My name is Bula. But go e- even going back to the opening scene where it's it's um Via and her brother Bosco as children, right? There's this old saying, you know, Caribbean parents, women in particular, they raise their daughters and love their sons. And so not to say that that applies, but it's a running theme um culturally leading into the idea of a woman's role versus a, a man's role. Um, but I, I think that that theme tends to play out, like you said, throughout the entire series. I think Vita's parents have this idea of what her role is and the people who are her peers around her see her differently, but her family just does not see her that way. And so it, it, she internalizes that and she doesn't see herself the way that her friends and peers see her. So that for me was probably, I did, I couldn't tell in that opening who was going to be the main character. And I, I think that they're both main characters. Um, they're actually like dual main characters throughout the entire series. Um, and you kind of see how they, how their relationship progresses throughout the series. I mean, that was the thing that I noticed, right? Like this idea of the daughter and everybody enabling Bosco. And Bosco is just the center of everybody's world and everything revolves around him. And how how Vita, as the sister, shows up for everybody. And even that scene when he was like, you know, I want to just dedicate this song to the, the person that's always had my back. And it cuts the Vita, and Vita thinks say, Ashi, Imago big up, and no, in big up, in mother. And I think that was really the sign of the tension and mm-hmm. this, the sibling rivalry that is the undercurrent of the entire show. Um, and even in the early parts, Barry's champion and Aria, their influence in their kids' life because. Even coming off the stage, Barris was like, why am I Aria up on the stage? <laughs> you know, like the criticism that he faced. So just as how we see that Vita is relegated to being supportive of the family, you can also see within that same view that Bosco isn't enough. Even though he's the center and everyone focuses on him, he's still not enough, especially for his father. Yes, I agree. It's such a interesting dynamic between all of them. 
And I really love how each episode is kind of like an onion. It kind of peels back a layer a little bit more, which the character development and and the the way that they chose to kind of, honestly, I didn't expect for it to escalate as quickly as it did, but I'm happy that it did. Because by the end of the episode, they're kind of like, that's when they be really become rivals in a sense. I, I think Vita kind of, feels like she's always been vying for the attention and the validation. But I don't necessarily think that she was competing with her brother. I don't think she was even vying for attention or... Recognition like, is what I mean. Like No, I don't even think that was the case. In a Vita, Ed Vita said, yo, me do the work here. Me can do a better job of this job. And I want to do this job. She basically wants a promotion. And she didn't get that promotion. And that's that's really the the litmus the thing that just kind of blew everything up she wasn't like you said she wasn't competing and i use sibling rivalry loosely because she not compete with our brother but it is a sibling rivalry theme Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she not compete with our brother but she knows that she's doing more and she just has a title and everyone can um relate to having one title and doing things way beyond your title and just want the recognition. And that's really what she wanted. She was well content supporting her big brother. Like she said, from Shaban, she know for life for him, to everything for him. And she's good with that being her role. They have a close relationship, but it's not without its friction. And this friction is showing as she, because she, like like the, the friend said, she quit whatever she was doing to be her brother's assistant. But as you saw how she handled the fallout of the police that come kick down the door, you know, Arya says, stop pressing upon me. Stop pressing upon me. Back off. Back off. That was just, no. So Yo, the way, the way, oh, the way, oh, Arya. See, you brought it up. The way how she just turned up straight. She not look the officer in her eye, you know. She just like, look at him uniform and said, back up. And then at the end, she go, oh. Yes, yes. So, yes. so like, just just all the Jamaican goodies yes. that we yes. feel like, yes, yes, same way. So the escalation happens because, you know, Vita feels like, yo, I'm doing this work. And what Donna do, right? We all can relate to whether do somebody else's job and the person who job it is not do nothing. By the way, throughout the whole series, Don ever they eat, ever they suck for something I eat, ever them, yeah, I spit out seed all of these things. So Don is is Bosco's manager, appointed by his father. Yes, yes, and um, so we're still in episode one. Um, but we're going to back up a little bit and focus on Bosco's 25th birthday party. Mm-hmm. And at this party is where we meet most of the cast of characters that's important, are central to the story. Um, we meet Lennox, which is Aria, the mom's now living boyfriend of six years. We meet Honey, um, Vita's friend. We meet Mehmet, who is Bosco's friend, but... Mehmet and Vita, uh, uh, a deal on the side. They're not tell Bosco yet. And then you have... DJ. Yeah, and, and Mehmet is Bosco's DJ and best friend from the Malaka Pitney. There's Teo and Femi. Teo is Vita's friend who is queer and her partner come to the party. And there's somebody else that I'm missing. Chanel, 
who is Bosco baby mother, who whose fiance is his rival manager. All of them they mix up there. You quickly learn to mix. Like this is our episode one. This is our episode one, right? And the daughter, you know, Bosco have a daughter with Chanel. By the way, side note, Chanel. The whole time I was like, "Yo, Chanel face look familiar." Chanel was in Riches. Yeah, she as was one the of the sisters. sisters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So these are all the people that we meet in episode one, and they're mm-hmm. having a party. And we should also tell the audience that Bosco just come out of jail. It's not clear what Bosco going to jail for, but it sounds like he went in for a possession. Possession of what? I'm not sure, but I don't think it was a violent crime. Maybe he had some paraphernalia on his possessions. I don't know. I think throughout the series, they kind of allude to some sort of, I thought it was a knife, but I, I could be mistaken. Like, I don't, I don't think it was drugs. I just think it they didn't re- they didn't truly reveal why he went to prison and it sounds like he was only there for a short stint so maybe like 2, two years. years um a- again when we open this he's 25 he has a what perceived to be maybe a 6-year-old daughter so you know a- as the as the season progresses and it doesn't really give anything away um you understand the connection between Chanel Mehmet and uh, Bosco they basically went to um secondary school together and they kind of grew up together all of them together and that's how so he's known these um people for uh, a while so as he was coming up these are all the people that kind of grew up with him um and then he went away post having a baby um, and coming back, built his career prior to going in and then went in um, and is coming out to his own fan base. Um, okay. So, so we're still in episode one. My God. Oh, holy, what things happen in another 45 minutes? And that, yes. Yes. I think that pretty much sums up, like sets up the audience enough to kind of like really be interested in it. Yeah. So there the police comes and then that's where all hell breaks loose and it cascades to something else. So I really think that this episode was really good. Even, even from the onset of this episode backing up, we know that there is a heavy Jamaican influence The flag them outside for the birthday party inside the yard, the balloons, um, you know, the characters they they, they don't have to say it. They, they just are. Um, and even the cover art in Netflix, if you notice it, the hummingbird, the doctor bird is part of the artwork in Netflix. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an ode to the British Jamaicans and Jamaicans all around the world that can relate Mm -hmm. to the series. Mm -hmm. Are we still in episode one or two? Well, we got to get to the end of how, how we transition, how, how did, you know, the important transition around um, Vida and and Bosco's relationship. Um, From the first episode, we really learn how talented Vida really is. I think in the, as it progressed, you kind of understand that she wrote a lot for Bosco. To what degree, we don't really know, but it's kind of um, perceived that, you know, she does, a lot of the creative development for his sound and his writing. But we also learn that Bosco is also talented too. 
because he's able to freestyle things that Vita That's what I was about to say. Hadn't written. So it, it feels more like their relationship as writer and talent is more of like a co-production. So I envisioned it more, not that she was writing exclusively for Bosco, but she would come up with the hooks, maybe come up with the themes, and he would kind of add together you know, to the, to the project, but of course, perception and, and reality and, and understanding the dynamic, you know, from Vita's eyes, she's essentially writing for her brother without one proper compensation, proper credit. And he's shitting on her for not making him his, his manager. Um, and so she feels a little slighted on the creative end, the business end, and she's the only one getting the short end of the stick. She clearly has talent because you can hear her singing and, um, and 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 doing ad libs and helping him as he's progressing through through a, a scene. Um, but then she also has her own talent, and her best friend really pulls her into the studio with a rival with with Bulla. So Bulla is a rival um, rapper who they they somehow have beef. And I don't know if it's because they've always had beef or because when Bosco, it, it sounds like when Bosco went in, Bulla kind of took a rise and was taking shots at him because he's the new guy on top, which is kind of normal. But Bosco kind of come on, shut it down. Pamfim sure. And then... Um, we see how how talented Bosco is, so I, I feel like I'm I'm sharing a lot. So carry more your jumping, yeah. No man, you're good. So I was gonna agree with you, like Bosco freestyle battle rap, no problem. And I think Vita is the one to craft the album focus hits that the the label wants. And mm-hmm. so um, Vita is upset because she had the conversation, and it seemed like Bosco was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna talk to the label." And so she was disappointed when they went to the label for the meeting and Bosco alluded to Don as the the manager. And so, you know, Honey, her friend, called her to go to the studio, as you said, with Bulla. And she's recording that. But even in that episode, yo, like, that's why some women said they're not a woman friend because there is a rivalry that kick off in the studio between them. Mm-hmm. Right, this is a review show, so there are spoilers. Everything in here is just going to be spoilers. It's spoil. And they kick off in the studio because Honey felt like Vita was over singing her. And I was just like, my girl, like, you bring her in here. You knew. Like, I have friends, and I just know that. They're like, me and me talented, but me know, say, you, you, you have to be self-aware to know that they can be more talented than you. And she had to know that Vita was talented and one argument kick off. But as they are recording in the studio, Mark comes into the studio. So remember, Mark is Bosco baby mother new fiance. <laughs> and here Vita singing and is just like, yo, I'll be your manager. You got a good voice. It is also where we get introduced to Laurent, who Miss Swear say Imam Popcorn a cousin. Because he kind of looks like popcorn. <laughs> achoo, achoo, achoo. Lord, be never. Now, no, me can't unsee it. The whole time, I said, why it could not look like popcorn? <laughs> Lord God. So, so we're introduced to them 
And then we go back to the restaurant where she's talking to her brother. He says, you know, I need this record. She shares with him a rhyme or a song that she's doing. And something in that lyrics triggers him where she's like, you know, people ask where my head at. And that triggers him. He's like, I'm not saying that. And then that then blows up into a big squabble in the restaurant that their parents own. And um, that's where she, she, you know, throws down the gauntlet and say, all right, I'm performing with Bulla. I'm going to be singing. And, you know, they accuse each other of whatever. And then them say, yo, it's champion versus champion. An episode done. Yeah. And, and what we also for, forgot to kind of talk about is Bosco is kind of on the hook with the label. Um, you can tell that there's some friction there. Like the way that the label wants to reintroduce him to the public is not in alignment with where he is. Additionally, it feels like he literally just got out of prison and he's already being forced back to work. And if you think about it, that's kind of like a mom giving birth to a baby and expected to go back to work the next day. He hasn't really had time to, you know, connect with his family, his his daughter, his friends, get acclimated. He's literally from jail to the studio, it feels like. And, and the pressure from the label is really there for him to start back working. And and not only that, the pressure from his dad. And 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 that's where you kind of start to like, well, why does he have to get back to, you know, like I, I immediately thought that something was odd with the the amount of pressure his his dad was kind of putting on him. And to the mental health thing, the idea of something being slightly like off or wrong, I feel like that's been Bosco his whole life. So I don't think it was just the prison that he like he went to prison, but it feels like because his dad kind of just feels overbearing on him to be a champion, live up to the family name, get get your head right, get in the game. Like it's a it's a running theme with him and his dad whenever they interact. He's always pushing him to do more. We learned that there are ulterior motives behind that later. So it's part encouragement and then part pushing him. And it kind of like, you understand why he's always on edge and he takes it out on Vita all the time because she's the only person there. Yeah, you're right. So we we discover throughout the series that this is some level of PTSD that he's experiencing. He may have had emotional and mental issues before prison, but definitely the two-year stint kind of make it worse, basically. And so he now has like this full on anxiety and PTSD on top of that. Mm -hmm. And Barish Champion is the stereotypical. I feel like, you know, I'm I'm just going to say that in this episode in season one, Barish Champion played by Ray Fearon is our first nominee of the Reels and Rhythms Viewers Choice Award for Best Actor. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> we don't even get into a good Barris. Yes. Like, Barris need his own episode. <laughs> Barris need a whole episode to break down his character. Like the way Barris walking. Oh. You will always be a champion, champion. to me. Like, 
The way I'm having sweet lyrics. No, I, I mean, and Barry, the way I'm what, the way I'm talk, and the way I'm just deliver everything. It's Nick, so on point. Nico is watching. We say, what a man ignorant, not ignorant, ignorant. ignorant. I'm ignorant. He's a charmer. He may, he's a rebel, right? And him, him just, I want a little trickster. You, you, you know, you know them people that were, you know, so them ever have a hustler go on, right? That's his energy, right? But him, him, he's able to, the way he uses his charm to navigate those things in a way. And so I, I, I want to get to Barris and Lennox in episode two, but I want to wrap up this episode because I thought we were going to cover more than one episode. Overall, if you haven't already watched it, you really should watch Champion. It is a great series and um, we're just talking our reactions from watching the series with you, what we see or what we're experiencing from the characters. But it doesn't really get into that emotion. I mean, Honey, the friend being whatever she was, that's how I can be. Yeah, whatever she was in that. Is nothing compared to the emotional reaction that I begin to experience as more of Beris and Arya and Lennox comes in to the subsequent episode. So as we wrap up this one, and we promise for the other one, then with us, I go roll it in, you know, but I think this episode, we're trying to set up a lot for the audience of the series mm-hmm. um, and kind of lay the groundwork. So when we go in the subsequent episodes we're not doing too much um contextualizing who these characters are so watch it come back and pre the rest of the the, the episode then because yeah yes and let's let us know what your thoughts are on the series we'd love to hear join the conversation and until next time later bye <laughs>